Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit stirs our hearts today is Joshua chapter 7 verses 16 through 26, the first lesson you heard today. Joshua got up early in the morning and gathered together Israel tribe by tribe. The tribe of Judah was taken. He gathered together the clans of Judah. He took the clan of the Zerahites. He gathered the clan of the Zerahites, leader by leader, and Zabdi was taken. He gathered the household of Zabdi, man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give him praise. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Achan answered Joshua and said, Truly, it's I who've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This here is what I've done. I saw in the spoils a beautiful Babylonian cloak, five pounds of silver, and a wedge of gold weighing over a pound. I desired them and took them. See, they're buried in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and, behold, it was buried in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things outside the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the sons of Israel. They poured them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the the silver, the cloak, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. They took them to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, In whatever way you've troubled us, the Lord will trouble you today. And Israel stoned him, and they burnt them with fire when they had stoned them with stones. Then they piled up over them a large heap of stones that's still there today. And the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore the name of the place is called the Valley of Achar, meaning trouble, still a day. Joshua 7. This is the word of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Greed for the lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Those are the infamous words of Gordon Gekko, the fictitious villain played by Michael Douglas in the 1987 movie Wall Street. We love to hate the greedy rich. We find satisfaction when justice punishes the Madoffs and petters in their Ponzi schemes. Suspicions lurk in us that many more on Wall Street or in big business have been less than honest in their pursuit of wealth. How dare they say greed is good? But greed isn't just for the rich. It grabbed the heart of a common man named Achan back in Joshua's day, and it grabs at our hearts as well. Only Jesus is greater than greed. Greed isn't just for the rich. It grabs at our hearts. And to see that, let's consider the case of Achan. Through Moses, the Lord had brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery there, 40 years earlier. 
now under the leadership of Joshua, Moses' successor, they were entering the land of Canaan, the promised land. The first battle on the west side of the Jordan was against the fortified city of Jericho. God delivered that city into their hands. And you know well how that happened. Yes, for six days the Ark of the Covenant was carried around the city with the people marching around the city in silence. Only the seven priests in front of the Ark blew their trumpets. And then on the seventh day they marched around seven times. And for that seventh time around when the priests sounded the trumpet, Joshua had given the people this command. He had said, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it, all the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into the treasury. Now even as the Lord gave them the city without a battle, without their blood being shed, so also they were to give the city back to the Lord, totally destroying all that was in it and giving the precious metals to the Lord's treasury. But what did Achan do? He desired what the Lord had forbidden. He confesses, When I saw in the plunder a beautiful roll from Babylonia, two hundred shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing fifty shekels, I coveted them and took them. And that brings us to our first point here. Greed grabs us when we want what God has forbidden. But God hasn't forbidden us from having more money or stuff, has he? So can wanting more money and stuff be wrong since God hasn't specifically forbidden? Well, you're right in that God hasn't commanded us to live in complete poverty. He hasn't said if you have more than X amount of dollars, you are greedy. Even great men of faith like Abraham. David, Job, had earthly wealth. Ah, but before we sit back and think, oh, this is one sin I don't need to worry about here, let's take a look at what God's Word does say. Let's see what God has forbidden. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he writes there, If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. So, if any discontent is mixed in with our wanting stuff, that's greed. Or remember how Jesus pointed to the way his heavenly Father took care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. So that means no matter how little we have, if there is any amount of worrying mixed in with our wanting, that's greed as well. And on the other hand, if, if we figure we have enough stuff so that we can trust our resources for peace and happiness, 
That is another kind of greed as well. A greed that relies for security and comfort on what money can buy. That's like that rich man in the parable Jesus told, of the rich fool who built bigger barns and said to himself, You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. It was a short retirement for him. He died that night. Or, or finally, if we are not at every moment willing to give up all the money and stuff that we have, if that is what it me takes to faithfully follow Jesus, then greed infects our hearts, just as it did the rich young ruler who thought that he loved God above all until Jesus told him to sell all that he had. Greed grabs all of us. Yes, greed is not just for the rich. It grabs at each one of us. And don't try to rationalize it by saying, well, well, I, I'm not that greedy, or, or since everybody has some sort of greed, it, it can't be all that bad of a sin. Think of what Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3, where he calls greed idolatry. For you see, instead of trusting God above all, instead of trusting him for security and happiness, greed clings to money and wealth. Instead of loving God above all, greed grabs the power and pleasures money can buy. It breaks the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. No, dear friends, greed. Greed is not good. And don't think, but, but no one gets hurt by, by my greed. No one loses their life savings because I was greedy. And again, let's think back to Achan. Could you well see him figuring, well, no one will know if I take this stuff. It's, it's not going to harm anyone if I take it. Why let it go to waste? But he had broken the Lord's covenant. So the Lord withdrew his help from Israel when they went up against the small town of Ai next, 36 Israelites were killed in the battle and the rest of the attacking Israelite soldiers were driven off. Achan's greed cost them their lives. Still worse, when the rest of the Canaanites heard that little Ai had come out on top and beaten up on big Israel, wouldn't they, the rest of the Canaanites, pin Israel down against the Jordan and destroy them? Greed ruins our relationship with God and with the people around us. But yet, how can we keep greed from grabbing us? It, it just springs up uh, because it, it's there lurking in our hearts, isn't it? It just, just springs up. Think of Achan going about the, the, the business the Lord had given the Israelites to do of destroying Jericho, and there he saw those items the robe, the silver, the gold, and he coveted them. Their greed just sprung up out of nowhere, so to speak, because it lurks in each of our hearts. Greed isn't just for the rich. No, it lurks in each one of us. No matter how much or how little we have, greed is ready to grab our hearts and pull us away from God. And so, dear friends, what good news, what great good news it was that you heard in the gospel today. Yes, greed isn't just for the rich. It grabs us all, but it could not grab Jesus. He is greater 
than our greed. Think of that. In the wilderness, for 40 days, facing Satan's temptation, Jesus had nothing, not even food. But was he greedy to have food? Did he fall to that temptation to turn those stones to bread, failing to trust his Heavenly Father to provide? No, greed did not grab him. Or when the devil showed him the splendor of the kingdoms of this world, did Jesus covet their riches? Not at all. He loved his Heavenly Father rather than what the world offered, even though that meant the torturous cross. Greed could not grab him. And here, dear friends, here is the good news. What Jesus did, God counts as your record. Yes, dear friend, what Jesus did, God counts for you. Jesus' perfect trust in God for his daily bread, without any worry or greed, counts for you. His perfect love for God that treasured God above all in complete contentment counts for you. His perfect obedience that forsook all earthly wealth and walked the way of the cross counts for you. Jesus covers our greed, our love for money, our worry, our discontent, our running after the empty treasures of this world. For you see what Jesus did. He did it not just for the rich or just for the poor. He did it for all sinners. He did it for you, dear friend, for you. Jesus is greater than your greed. Now, did Achan trust in the promised Savior to the, the coming Messiah to cover his sin of greed? He certainly shows a, a lack of faith at first, doesn't he? He rejected God's covenant by taking what God had forbidden. He tried to hide his guilt, bearing the stolen goods. He kept silent about his sin as the process of finding the guilty party went on, beginning in the early morning, zeroing in on his tribe, clan, family, and household. Was he hoping that God didn't know that somehow he might get away with it? How greed blinds us. All these are signs of unbelief. Signs that he did not trust God for forgiveness. But when Joshua lovingly confronts him with his sin, saying to him, My son, give glory to God. Tell me what you have done. Then Achan made that full and complete confession. He no longer hid his guilt. He even explained how he had hid the silver underneath. Was that because he had been caught dead to right and figured his best chance for leniency now was to fess up? Well, then he did die in his sin and went to hell. But did he make that confession? Did he make that confession of his sin because he realized that he could not escape his guilt and his only hope for eternal life was forgiveness from the coming Messiah? Did he confess his sins, believing that even though he had broken God's covenant, yet the Lord is faithful? Did he confess, trusting the Lord's gracious promise to send the Savior he so desperately needed, the only one who could take away his sin and guilt? Then, even though he suffered the death penalty as the earthly consequence for his sin, that day he entered paradise just as the thief on the cross did. 
So, dear friends, confess your greed. Don't try to hide it buried in excuses. Don't wait until it is too late. See it for what it is, idolatry. Confess your greed, your coveting, your selfish desires, your wanting what God has chosen not to give you. Confess it with confidence that looks to the cross and sees the Lord's promises fulfilled. He is faithful. He punished Jesus for your greed so that Jesus' perfect trust and love for God counts for you. For you, dear friend, yes, dear Christian, in faith hear Jesus' words. Dear sinner, I have died for you. You will be with me in paradise. Those words are not just for the rich. They are for you, dear friend. Jesus is greater than our greed. When we're in Jesus and he in us, greed loses its overwhelming power to grab us and drag us to hell. For with Jesus, what need do we have for the riches of this world? They all pass away. But the blood of God shed from the wounds of Jesus has ransomed and redeemed you for eternity. No earthly treasure could ever do that. How precious his blood, how beautiful his wounds, how lovely his cross. So fix your eyes on your priceless treasure, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.